Welcome to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern-day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. back (laughs) um it's your favorite podcast in the world that you're listening to number one in your hearts right guys (laughs) um but yeah we are back and today we're talking about something that you wouldn't probably normally put together but how emotions can help us in our weight loss or fitness journey Mm -hmm. and i'm sitting with our favorite almost favorite no, I, you have to be my second favorite because Lindsay needs to be my first favorite. She's my favorite. What? <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sitting with Nicole. Um, and she, we love talking about this like heady mm-hmm. stu- type stuff. So take it away. So emotions. Okay. Emo- the, literally the word emotions and fitness. It's just so taboo. People don't like putting them together. It's like uh-uh. um, talking about mental health 10 years ago it's like oh my god you can't talk about that oh for real yeah yeah but um it's really i think the missing key in my personal opinion and all the research i've done like it's the missing key to sustainability not just for your health journey but literally literally any change you're trying to make but when it comes to emotions like we always focus on physical health but there's also emotional health and that requires some kind of a level of emotional intelligence. And what I mean by that is knowing how to, what your emotions actually are and how you're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think when I first, the reason I found this to be like the missing, like the bridge between people knowing what to do, but not doing what they know how to do. Mm -hmm. Or it's like Mm -hmm. the intention action gap. Like your intentions are there, your thoughts are there, but doing it, sometimes it's hard to do the things that in your mind, you know, you need to do. And oh, right. Everybody yeah. has that dilemma. Like, I know I need to go work out, mm-hmm. but, or I know I shouldn't eat this eighth donut, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so then, but it's like, so many people are confused as to like, I know what I need to do, but I just don't do it. Why? The answer is Ooh. your emotions. Ooh, we've, we've got the key. We got the secret sauce. For real. <laughs> and it's like, um, so in fact, I think this is why like all the fad diets, I think they're all, I mean, personal opinion people, (laughs) but I think a lot of them, I think may have been well-intentioned to try to make things feel easier for people like keto, make, Mm. make it feel easier for people when they're to avoid hunger because hunger can be like difficult. Um, you know, paleo, make it easier to feel full and less processed foods. Um, I don't know what else. I think all these other diets, like, they're just, just repackaged and rebranded to, like, make it, you know, quote unquote, easier. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. People want to sell things that feel good rather than things that feel bad. And yeah. So if you're that doesn't make money. <laughs> yeah. And so um that's why like I think that's why I think a lot of people try all these different diets because they're like, I just want to feel better. Like that's while true. I'm doing something normal like eating, which I have to do in order to survive. And so with uh the reason I really focused on emotions is because when I was well, I was in the military, but I was starting to compete as well and I was losing body fat. Like body fat really is easy to lose. It's just eat less, move more. And I know there there are nuances to that, but the general equation comes down to that. And I was like, but I also want to keep it off. That's where I was having trouble. I was like, I don't understand why I'm putting on 20 pounds after a show when I pretty like, do I, I feel like I should be able to do that. So once I became a personal trainer and a nutrition specialist or sport nutrition specialist, I was like, I feel like I know all the stuff, but I'm still not keeping the weight off. Yeah. And so that's when I got into life coaching. I was like, there's a mental, emotional tie in behind our behavior that I don't have a good grasp on and I need to. So I read big time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's all the years of coaching, all the reading I've done. I actually, I learned that our emotions come from our nervous system and can come from our thoughts and can come from how we're feeling like our mood and no one knows where one begins and the other ends like if a thought creates an emotion or if an emotion creates a thought and yeah which came first the chicken or the egg exactly because <laughs> people ultimately want control of their of themselves of their own behavior they want to yeah. control how much they eat instead of feeling out of control for yeah. instance and so and i tried the whole okay i don't want to feel out of control so i'm not going to drink still didn't work i would still have an urge and i'd eat something and I would try to empty my pantry of anything tempting, but that wouldn't stop me. I'd still drive to the grocery store. Right. That's not going to stop me. Yeah. <laughs> I got keys and a wallet. Exactly. And um, so, the, but the more external methods I tried to control how much I ate, the more that actually helped me see, okay, the external stuff, controlling that isn't. I'd have to change my whole life. I'd have to go live in the mountains and be away from everything and everyone in order to not be tempted. And I was like, that's not how I'm going to live my life. So it's like, I need to control what's on the inside. And then, of course, I looked away because I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. So um, for a long time, I had like this 30,000 foot view. I could see, but I wasn't in it. Like I could see what I needed to do emotionally. Like I could see that I needed to be more disciplined and I need to delay gratification. And I understood it so much, but I was still scared to do it because it is scary. And a lot of people don't do it because it is scary looking inward. Yeah. And that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> no, that, that is difficult. I remember when I was going through that. Uh, and I didn't tie it into, like, the physical part of it. Like, because I, yeah, I just never put the two together. To me, they were just two separate worlds, like my my health and fitness and then my mental health and mm. emotions, mm-hmm. right? And it is really difficult. And, you know, people say, like, the gym is my therapy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think that's like... I just think the gym for an hour or two helps them feel less bad or yeah. actually helps them feel good. And then they have to go back to work where they don't feel quite as good. Yeah. So I, I get that. I think we're always, we're always going to be pursuing things that feel good and avoiding things that don't that's what our brain does and it's very efficient in doing those two things 
because it's going to keep you alive. But um, when it comes to fitness, because the industry is so like saturated with eat this, take the supplement, uh, work out this way, all these external solutions to how you internally feel, they're not working and people are frustrated. Mm-hmm. And But there's nothing out there that's going to dive into the emotional piece of things because people, I think, don't have... There's just... Talking about emotions, if it's in fitness or not, is just people don't go there because any it, it can be really scary, but you really have to go there. Um, so for an example... I'd like, I, I, the, the last time I spoke with one of my clients, I asked her, okay, so she was like, I don't know why I'm eating at night. Like, I know I need to go do some, like take a movement break, but I just don't, I just scroll on my phone and I'm like, well, how are you feeling? Like, you know, what was going on? What happened before that? She said, oh, well, there was something going on at work. I just came home from work and or and then she had stepped on the scale earlier that morning and it wasn't what she expected so a couple things at once like yeah yeah. so all these these are there were these external circumstances like she stepped on the scale you know you can't control what you know number's gonna pop up you know she probably ate something salty the night before but then something happened at work so these are all external circumstances but they triggered certain thoughts in her so she would think well i'm not doing well enough i'm not doing enough which made her feel ashamed. Mm. And she was feeling ashamed long enough during the day that it was overwhelming to her. And she would just eat, which distracts you from that right. feeling. You just needed to like check out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, but to her, she would, she kept thinking it was a scale that was making her eat. Or it was the coworkers that were making her feel ashamed or feel not good. Mm. So she would eat. So what we don't realize is that we can control, you know, we... In order for her, to, in, for, in order for her to change that moment, she had to understand why she was feeling ashamed, and it wasn't oh. going to be because of the scale or her coworkers. It's because what she was making them mean about her or to her. Oh. She's taking it personally on some level. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So um, because she felt, because she believed that she wasn't doing enough, and felt so ashamed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why she felt ashamed because she believed it to be true. Right. That thought, and so. <clears throat> In those, it, it's, but it's like the thought itself, it's just a sentence that crosses your brain. It does not mean anything until you believe it. Right. So, cause we do this all the time. Like when I was binge eating, I would be, you know, stuffing a spoon back into the almond butter jar. And in my mind, I could see the sentences I wanted to be thinking like, you don't need this. You yeah. know, you're full, you're, you're feeling fine. But I was like from neck down, I was feeling completely different. Oh, so I oh, needed to understand. So wild, just like how the body is. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's so important to understand because I think everyone is has experiences like that. Oh yeah, every but like day. you need you don't need to do this other glass of wine. You know how many calories this is? Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, but and so like that's it's, just me. <laughs> but no, it's everyone though. Well, no, I mean like instead of like being like this shit, like feeling shameful about. It, I'm like, oh well, this is fun. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was your response. Yeah, and then her, like my client, her it wasn't depressing. Was, you no, know, her response is like, "Well, screw it, I'll just eat some chips because I know that I they all." That I mean, I've definitely done that before, but oh, me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we're so scared of our own emotions yeah. because of the behavior that follows, and if it's mm. going to be um, against something that we value, or if it's going to be in service of something that we value, that's why we want to feel really good because we know it'll help us keep moving forward, help keep us motivated. 
And we know that if we feel bad, we're going to do some kind of avoidance behavior or some kind of like, um, like respond in a way that's not aligned with how we would ultimately want to respond. Yeah. Um, so, but, and that's, and that really is tough. No one really talks about it, but it's the missing link. And I really think so for instance, for her, once I showed her or point out to her, I was like, you're believing that you're not doing enough. You're believing that to be true. That's why you felt ashamed. And the thing with her, she's like, I already know this. She's like, I already know that when I tell myself that I feel ashamed. Like it's such a habit, a thought feeling yeah. behavior. You're not telling her. her anything new. No. Yeah. But, um, so then I asked her, I was like, well, when you, where do you actually feel that shame on her body? She's like, what? I was like, where do you actually feel it? She's like, I had to do that in my life coaching training mm-hmm. in the health portion. We were doing the health coaching part. We had to have, you know, fake clients mm-hmm. or, whatever, you know, people who would do it for free, just like go through the thing. And that was one of the things. It's like, okay, where do you feel the pain? Like physically, where do you yeah. feel? And people were like, uh, and even then, like that was, I was still going through my, you know, vulnerability journey. So I was like, felt awkward even asking the question. Cause yeah. I was like, I don't even know what this means. Like it makes no sense to me. But that's why now you're yeah. so confident about talking like at the Enneagram and those calls with everyone. Cause you're like, whatever emotions they bring up, you've already felt yours enough that you're not scared of them anymore. You understand them. You have information to work with. Yeah. Yeah. And so for her, like my client, I was like, where do you actually feel? And she's like what like that kind of puppy dog side <laughs> tilt she's like i don't know comprende <laughs> this this question she's like i don't understand but that's really as soon as you ask someone that and you start explaining to them what's going on underneath their skin in that moment like that moment where she thinks i'm not doing enough i feel ashamed i'm gonna go for food you can dissect that moment um and pull it open and see mm. what's actually going on see the process that's going on as soon as you understand the process you have knowledge and information and there's no more fear of the unknown mm-hmm. that starts going away. Mm-hmm. So for her, I was like, where do you feel ashamed? She's like, I guess in my gut. And she and I had already been working on understanding the nervous system. Cause if you feel an emotion in your gut, like shame, guilt, sadness, grief, embarrassment, that's going to be a part of your autonomic nervous system that's being innervated or activated. And so when that's happening, it's because your body, your entire body your nervous system perceives you to be under some kind of life threat right and so it's going to make you want to like curl inward um shut down dissociate that's where you see turtles retreating into their shell for instance animals like Mm. maui my dog will like put his tail between his legs and try to get smaller get in the corner not that like he's been abused or something but it's like you can see that in animals when they're like when they think when their physical response yeah Yeah, exactly Uh and so when she started piecing together that it's not her it's a biological response like she as soon as you can separate yourself like who you are from how your body is going to respond because it's it's going to it's 500 million years old like your nervous system is gonna act one way or another she started getting more agency so she started feeling more confident she's like okay at least know what's going on for next time i'll have a better idea of what i can do or how and she would ask me like how can i what what can i do the next time i was like well this is where you set up your environment to help you for success have little reminders for yourself because in the evenings it's hard for you like this is where you reach out to your coach you have people on your side um and that's where those all those resources and tools that you know you can find ad nauseum online they become actually useful because you know why you need them. Yeah. I think 
that's incredible because like we've somewhat touched on this and I'm going to talk about it in a mini sode. Oh good. Well, it'll probably be out by the time this publishes, but <laughs> um about uh I don't even know how I'm going to like label it because I haven't put my notes together. <laughs> but just how much easier things get when you just understand it like scientifically, just yeah. like that. And even if so like she understands it now, mm-hmm. like biologically, then that immediately gives yourself more grace yes. and understanding and even if it happens again i feel like you can move through it with a lot more ease yeah and exactly. less judgment on yourself yep right yep. yeah and um i mean that's how it helped how i was able to end my binge eating because i would have an urge come up and it would sometimes like i would have an urge come up which is an over like a sense of just incredible desire it like almost like an addiction but it could start as early as soon as i would wake up and go until I'd binged that day. But the more that I paid attention to it, the next morning when I'd wake up, I would notice it, but I'd actually notice it for a second longer without judgment compared to the day before. And so that made the duration of that intense emotion shorter and shorter as the days went on. Okay. Which the the smaller, the less intense it got, the more I was able to kind of stay on top of it and make decisions and behave in ways that actually serve me instead of feeling like... The, the urge was going to take me over. Right. Yeah. You're a lot more in control yeah. too. Like, yeah. and that's, listen to the mini sows guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's one that I've definitely talked about is that like, you have like the power to change your story, your narrative mm-hmm. and what you tell yourself, because, mm-hmm. um, just like with your client, she kind of immediately, I was going to interrupt you, but I said not to <laughs> kind of, she just like put herself in this, in this box. Like, well, this is what I am. Mm-hmm. This is me. This is just who I am. Blah, blah, blah. And even though she's not knows that that's not the actual literal truth. Mm-hmm. It's just, you still, you, you just resort, resort back to that because it's just easier for your brain. It's the connection that's literally like already there. Yeah. Um, and so learning to like, I guess basically change your brain yeah. <laughs> is hard, but it, it is possible. And I talked about, that's what I'm going to talk about in that mini soda is neuroplasticity. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and that's what I was talking about in that last recording that we did. Um, <laughs> I don't know when this one will go out. So it's like, it can't be like last week. Um, yeah. Anyway, where, uh, uh, fudge. What was I gonna say? Uh, neuroplasticity. Yeah, well, we do this a lot. We always lose our train of thought. Our minds are working like a hundred miles. I know. We just have so much to say. It's <laughs> word vomit. But um, fuck, it was so good. Oh, I was on a roll. I was on a roll. Yeah. Neuroplasticity, minisode. Um, yeah. Out of the box. In the box. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a point to what I had said like earlier, but it's too far gone. It'll come back. (laughs) But yeah, basically, you know, changing course here. But so it's like for her, like for her, what's been making the biggest difference is she's very cerebral. She's a type five. (laughs) Oh, so she's always in her head. Like, I mean, and I understand, but she, um, she it's very hard for her to like she'd rather solve it in her mind before she acts but she also knows that yeah. when she does act it's sometimes it's overeating not working out not moving her body and so she knows that's not helping her and so for her it's hard to access why she's like in my head it doesn't i'm thinking something else but my body is like 
doing something else. And she's like, why? I just don't understand what I'm missing. And so the more she's been, because she and I have been on calls or several calls. And I always like, I know she's missing the, like the middle piece. Like you got to understand that your feelings are going to fuel your behavior and your lack your action and your lack of action. Yeah. Cause you're trying to change how you feel. That's, Everything we do in life is going to be because of how we want to feel or avoid feeling a certain way. Right. And so if you don't know that, you're just going to keep repeating a behavior and being angry at yourself or annoyed with yourself or depressed. And that's not the way. This journey doesn't have to be that way. Do you think, you know, I heard a comment today on a podcast that we listened to. (laughs) Um, This guy, he made a comment where he just doesn't feel comfortable in his own skin. Do you think like when somebody says stuff like that, that it has to do with them that like understanding or being aware. I don't want to say like aware, but just like comfortable with their emotions. Yeah. For some reason that just sparked that. No, I think you're exactly right. Like they just, um, they're feeling a certain way and they don't understand why. And so, but their body like is feeling it. Yeah. The feeling is an actual nervous system response. Yeah. An emotion, I should say. And when you don't understand that, it can be unnerving and a little, like, uh, feel a little threatening even. Like, that's why a lot of women will say, I just don't trust my own body because I'll be thinking something, but my body's going to feel differently from what I'm thinking. Yeah, when people, like, make those, like, I mean, I'm just a little different just because I'm very much in my body. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just natural for me. So when someone says, like, I don't feel comfortable with my own skin, like, yeah, I've, like, the other day, like, I just, I felt gross. Okay. I felt really gross. So I was like, I'm just going to go take a shower. And I felt amazing. My, my, I feel like a little seal because I shaved, you know. And now I'm on my period because, you know, you always feel kind of yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I was like, I need to do something about this. Let's go shower for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So you, for instance, you changed the sensation. So you didn't like how you felt, so you changed how you felt. It's the same as, like, someone going to go eat something. or There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just people will eat more than they need. Right? Like, but um, you can go shower. That's totally fine. People walk outside, do anything. Um, but for you, if you, for instance, were binging on showering. Oh, right. That's when I'd say, okay, you need to actually check Just, out your thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I'm getting it now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so for my client, she's, she's opposite of you. She's always in her head. And I was yeah. like, you need to feel your body. And she's like, no, I've never done that in the 50 years I've been alive. She talked about that on our Enneagram call. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and fives really do benefit from literal physical activity mm-hmm. because it helps them get out of their heads. And like I said on that call, my ex was a five and he did Ironmans. Oh. And it was so great for his mental health. He was just a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she would tell me. And like whenever we'd get on calls or in check in, she'd be like, when I did the movement breaks, those are fantastic days yeah. for me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> So I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> so um, with okay with that client, mm-hmm. um, and she did that movement break, and she felt really good. Mm-hmm. Right when I was going through, you know, learning to like love to work out and stuff like like I want this to be. I knew I wanted this to be a part of my life. Yeah, I want this to be a normal staple, mm-hmm. but I hated it. <laughs> you know, like when I run, my skin would get really itchy. Oh yeah, and it's just everything was just so uncomfortable. And like, I knew it was temporary. So like I had to change my brain, right? Mm -hmm. I had to change the literal 
connection, neuron neuron connections in my brain yeah. in order to like it and for it to be normal. Yep. So that's, you know, something I would tell myself when the position that she's in now, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you love, you love this. Remember the feeling that you have right now after you went on that walk. Remember that mm-hmm. and like ingrain it into your psyche because it will motivate you to go and get up more and do that more mm-hmm. often. So that's where that neuroplasticity was like coming in yeah. and like how you can literally change your DNA. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your brain, it's just such a, it's a great book. The one, I, th- I think I've told you about it. Um, the brain that changes itself by oh, Norman you have, Deutsch. You have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Oh my gosh. It's like really good. <laughs> There's one, one section in one chapter in there where he talks about like sex, sex addictions. Okay. Not necessarily like being addi- addicted to sex, but, um, the, um, like, uh, fan, not fantasy. What's the kinks? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah why people have like such odd kinks yeah. or whatever. I don't know why this is the first one I thought of, but <laughs> I was listening. I was like, this is fascinating it's fascinating yeah. and one um i think i've told you this part one chat i think it was one of the first chapter where this girl uh just went about her life like normal they, they figured she was like on the spectrum mm-hmm. of uh, autism just because they knew something was a little off but mm-hmm. she just she managed to you know still be in the world and have a job she understood exactly where her I guess mental shortcomings. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. She knew where she would needed to like redirect in order to make this a successful situation oh, because okay. she knew where her brain lacked. Mm-hmm. Until she was an adult, they found out she didn't have half her brain. She was oh. born without it or something like that. Well, obviously she was born without it. Yeah. So they were just fascinated that she could do her one side of her brain could do things that the left the other side couldn't were, were supposed to do even though it wasn't even there. Wow. Isn't that wild? Whoa. I know. How? And so reading oh that God. book, I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm a superhuman. <laughs> I can do this. Like, you just don't understand how powerful you are. Yeah. Right? And you can change the way you, you know, you can change your, your health and your fitness. And you can change, you know, the way you feel about things and take charge of your emotions. And um, you can do all that. Like, <laughs> Right. Okay. So that's basically what I was going to, that's what I was bringing up. But no, it's like, it's, it's interesting because the, um, like, I I don't know. I, I, I try to think like, I feel like a lot of stuff with habit change and maybe it's just me. Cause I've been reading about emotions for like the past six years, but, um, people innately know that they're going to keep doing what feels good and they're just not going to do what doesn't feel good. Yeah. And when it comes to, but I think people have misdirected what actually makes them feel good. They think oh. it's something external, like a supplement or a workout program or a type of food. Um, I would just be like, that's what they told you to think and feel. That's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Propaganda. But it's like, it's actually what they made those things mean to yeah. them. Yeah. And how they personalized it in a way. And that's what felt good to them. Right. So like, um, for like, for instance, for me, I have a treadmill downstairs. I used, it, this treadmill has not changed in six years. It's the same treadmill, but I have felt differently about it huh. in those six Your years. Your relationship with it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what a relationship is, is right. what your thoughts are about another person, how you feel about them. Or but it's an like inanimate objects. Yeah. But it's like when I first got it, I was like, I did not. I was starting to use it all like a lot and then eventually like I would stop using it and I just started running outside because the treadmill, I just could not, it, it sickened me to step on it. 
Hmm. It just represented, or I made it mean something that made me feel disgusted. Really? Yeah, I made it mean like, this is like, the treadmill's the only way I'm going to lose weight. And it's like, but it, it hurts me. I, whatever, I can't remember what I was making it mean, but something that I believe to be true. That's why I felt so disgusted by it. And so my behavior would be to not step on the treadmill and not do my whatever cardio. And so, of course, I wasn't getting the results that I really wanted because I wasn't doing the work. But it wasn't because the treadmill was there. It's because of what I was making it mean and how I was feeling. <laughs> right? And so now I look at yeah. my treadmill, though, because I've done this kind of work. It's like I look at my treadmill and I feel kind of... Some days I'll feel like... Um, I'll feel like eager or in other days I was I'll gonna feel, say, how are you at with it now? <laughs> and now I'm like, now I'm like, I'm neutral. Like yeah. I just walk by and it doesn't, I'll get off. I need to do cardio or anything else. I'll get on it. There's no good or bad emotion. It just is. But other days I'll feel eager when I look at it because even though it hasn't changed, I've made it mean something different for me. You know what that, re- sorry to interrupt you. What that reminds me of is home alone. Remember when he's in the basement and the, the furnace? Yes. Yeah, it's, exactly. it, it came alive because it was the scary thing. And then all of a sudden he's like, shut up. Exactly. And then got over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, it's so, I mean, it's such like, an, like the missing piece is like literally in our, it's literally in our body, the missing link to a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Um, it's just wanting to do that to do it, but want is an, the emotion of desire. Mm-hmm. So we we wish we could feel that way all the time, but of course we can't because yeah. our nervous system's gonna, like our nervous system isn't designed to just be happy all the time. Yeah, because that's where our emotions come from. Like if you notice, um, like I was saying with my client, she would feel ashamed, and I mentioned like guilt and embarrassment and grief and sadness. You can kind of feel those in your gut kind of area below your diaphragm. And that's because it's a very primal part of your nervous system that's being innervated or activated. Call it that, that second brain is what they say, right? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to learn more about that. I have a book. And oh, I'm also going geez. back to school. But um, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Like there's so much um, communication going on there. But in terms of just your nervous system and the nerves or like the neurons, which are the, um, for your nervous system, when they're activated or innervated, if you will, Depending on where they are along your vagus nerve, mm-hmm. which is um, goes from the crane of your neck to um, or crane of your skull to all the way down to your gut, you can literally feel where you're feeling ashamed, and you can feel, and that's going to feel differently from, uh, let's say, angry. Angry, you might feel above your diaphragm in your chest somewhere, and it's important to know the difference because instead of saying overall yeah. like, "Oh, I feel bad." That's so vague. It doesn't give you any information to work with. But if you say, oh, I'm feeling disappointed, it's, it kind of gives you, like, your brain's, it helps you make the path a little more clear on what to do. Yeah. It's like, why are you feeling disappointed? Yeah. And the, the answer is going to be what you're thinking or what you're making whatever external circumstance mean to you. And become, and the more somebody becomes more clear with their emotions and labeling them properly. Mm-hmm. It just really makes life a lot easier in general yeah. because I know like with Mark, I'll, I'll just, you know, have those days, right? Where I'm just like, babe, I honestly don't know what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And he'll know that my, my mood is off and, you know, he's just missing me. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even if I don't have like a clear, um, 
you know, label to put on it. I just be like, I honestly don't know what's going on with me right now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just feeling a lot of the time. It's me just feeling really indecisive. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think I just, please you do it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, yeah. he just loves asking me questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, honey, you know, it just makes your relationships easier because I can communicate that, mm. like, I'm feeling this. And usually the times when me personally, when I communicate it, it's like, I honestly don't know what I'm feeling right now. Like, yeah. it's just, usually it's the hormones at that time of the month or something mm-hmm. where it's just, just kind of weird right now. And I just, just got to sit neutral the rest of the day and yeah. move on, you know? And he's like, Okay. Like, I don't think he's ever had that before. <laughs> like, anybody <laughs> talked to him like that. I mean, he's a boy. But, um, but yeah, it just, like, makes your life so much easier when you can, like, become friends with how you're feeling or not feeling. And mm-hmm. I know with me, my anger was the one I had to, like, really understand. Oh. Just because, you know, as a type 8, that's a big one. Everybody has anger, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, like, the emotion for the, for the 8 that we really love to express. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't ever one punching holes in walls, and I think some people, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think I've said that before on this <laughs> Sorry, I love you. Oh, uh, no, she's fine. Um, that's an old her. But um, but it was still, like, when I felt angry, my, I'd feel it in my heart. Mm. Because it was just wrong. Mm. It should not be that way, and my blood just boils. My heart starts racing. All this stuff, and I had become friends with my anger because it's an important emotion, mm-hmm. right? And I just let it pass, and they'd be like, "All right, what's really going on?" You know, like, yeah. "Oh, um, I, you know, he hurt my feelings over this comment." Instead of just like being angry and lashing out, I can just be like, "All right, let that pass," like, because <laughs> people know when I'm angry. <laughs> And that's another thing, too. Um, Casey and I talked about this the other day, where people will just kind of automatically assume that we as type 8s are just, like, mad at other people. Like, you asked me that the other day. You were like, are you mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> like, read your body language. It was so hard for me to come to terms with the fact that people just kind of automatically thought that about me. Oh. A lot, not literally automatically, every single person, every single time, but... Like, that was a very common experience for people mm. that I would come into contact with. Like, Kaylin's mad at me. Like, what's wrong with her? I'm like, and I'm just like in my brain, do, 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 beep. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going along my happy go lucky way. People are like, Caitlin's pissed. <laughs> and then people would confront me, like, are you mad at me? Or, you know, you're not the first person to do that, trust me. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? No. You know what I mean? So it was just like that I had to come, that was the hardest thing for me to come to terms with was that mm. that was people's experience of me. I didn't like that, well, you know? That's a perfect example of you being an emotion scientist. Oh. Because before you're probably being, I mean, unknowingly, we don't know this. It's like, because you were, you were starting to pick up on things. Like people would say, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Yeah. And like, no. What would? So you started investigating with yourself yeah. and you realized, okay, well, when I... It, it, that's when you start saying, well, why is it that people are saying this? Am I really mad? That's the scientist, like investigator, like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. Versus like some other people, like, like my client, she would feel ashamed and she would just judge herself. She'd mm. be like an emotion judge. She'd be like, oh, here's shame again. Well, I'm just going to go screw the rest of this day with food and, you know, just yeah. screw it. Yeah. Right. So, but when 
for her, like when we would went on that call, I would ask her, well, where do you feel it? Why are you feeling it this way? We start getting into that emotion scientist kind of, um, we put that hat on and it just changed the entire, like she started seeing that time in the evening in a whole new light. Oh yeah. But it's just like what you did. You're like, well, why? That's such an important question. That offers you that pause that I'm always talking about with my clients like that pauses everything before you react yeah like, oh oh boy has that been a journey for me <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. well where where did I hear this I just well it was through my you know vulnerability journey <laughs> where um and understanding my anger was that I had to pause Mm. I had to pause in the height of the moment. Emotions are high in the argument with your spouse, whatever. Pausing is probably like the best thing you could ever do for anybody. Especially in the heat of the moment, right? It takes practice. Oh my God. It was so hard, but it was, (laughs) it, it, it honestly afforded me so much more emotional intelligence yep. in the moment because I could step back and just, cause I'm the one who's like, we're doing this now. We're figuring this out now. Yeah. And now I'm kind of the opposite where I'm just like, I need to like literally the person who needs to go in the other room. Well, not all the time, but if I'm unsure in how I feel about something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I need some time to think about this. Yeah. Um, otherwise I'm like, we're, we're battling this out right now. <laughs> People are just like, whoa, let's, yeah. uh, you're oh, coming on strong. Anyway, so that, that was probably one of the biggest things that I learned was just pausing and, you know, then the vulner that's where the vulnerability comes up and mm-hmm. people don't like that. It's yeah. uncomfortable. You feel, you know, that nakedness. It's like, why are you angry? Yeah. And it was the best practice is when you're in an argument with somebody or mm-hmm. disagreement with someone. And I just remember there were times where I'm just like, what, what is the thing I actually want to say right now? Mm-hmm. Like there'd be minutes between my responses, like mm-hmm. a long time yeah. it felt. And I would think like, okay, what is the thing I really want to say, but are, is a little f- afraid to say, cause I'm afraid of the response or, uh, you know, you always want the sure thing. You always want to know what to expect. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I would just have the courage, right? That's what vulnerability is, is courage. Yeah. And I would say the thing and, you know, be okay with the response no matter what. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know, a big journey for a lot of people or for everybody <laughs> is to be okay with the outcome that you cannot control. But you controlled how you showed up. Yeah, yeah. And that inevitably can control the outcome mm-hmm. because you're calmer, mm-hmm. you're more sane, <laughs> right? And then people respond to, you know, whether you like it or not, people respond to how you are responding, right? People are energy matchers. Yeah. And yeah. well, and when you said that part, like you're not insane when you actually pause and look at the facts and yeah. like um, that when you're, when you're angered, it seemed was... You know, you'd be like, we're answering this right now. It's like the anger almost took over. Oh, yeah. Point, right? All red. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so for a lot of people when they're, you know, wanting to work on their health and fitness, that can happen when they're around food. And they have to be around food all the time. So it's like they'll have an overwhelming emotion. It could be anger or shame or anything. And it's hard to think your way through those moments until yeah. you start practicing the pauses. Because literally what happens when you have such an overwhelming emotion around whatever external thing is, whether it's food or someone else or what someone said, like um, if the emotion is goes beyond your threshold of tolerance, which we all have, it's like our comfort zone, if you will, but it's like, which can grow, but you need to practice those pauses. Yeah. Um, if an emotion is so overpowering and it goes beyond your threshold of tolerance, 
it will literally like your prefrontal cortex will go offline so it's like you flip your lid so oh it's hard yeah to think. yeah yeah so it's hard to think your way through when you're feeling so overwhelmed that's why pausing like and just letting your nervous system get more regulated so get the overwhelm within a more tolerable amount yeah and then you think things through and then you think about look at the facts and think about what you want to say how you want to show up that's how you start getting that emotional intelligence of your own emotions you're that that's what you ultimately want like you can't control anything outside of you but you can control how you show up and that's what makes the difference with whatever you're trying to achieve whatever journey you're on yeah one of the it's not really on our topic of like food and health and fitness but (laughs) one of my favorite podcasts is esther perel her um where do we begin Hmm. have i told you about that no (gasps) i'm so disappointed in myself this is one of my favorite she's um i'm gonna butcher her credentials but like a family therapist oh, basically okay. but she's in stupid smart okay. like and like there's another big word that she is <laughs> and i can't remember which one it was and i don't want to say it and get it wrong but um she does these episodes where she does this one-time counseling session live mm-hmm. like you're listening to in on this thing and it, of course the whole session is like three hours condensed to like mm-hmm. one yeah and she'll kind of guide us through it but you're listening to these like these couples go through these like insane things like the you know 40 year marriage of this couple where he was cheating on her the whole time and then it came out and then they're talking about like it's heavy like i would just be crying like you know what i mean like anyway so one of the things that she's she just blew i love her books you gotta read her books okay (laughs) one of the the one that i love is um mating in captivity oh a lot of people um misunderstand what that book is about because people think like oh it's how monogamy is like not you know normal or shouldn't be but it's not that it's about sustaining long-term desire in relate like is that possible like she's just asking questions yeah and this was her research and people are like okay it's you know what i mean yeah anyway but it's really really good back to my point (laughs) surprise i've stayed on track (laughs) um one of the um episodes i listened to she gave this tip to this couple who were just really bickery and it was i like almost wanted to turn it off because it was so stressful to listen to and she was like okay i need you two to get up and like stand up and i need you to lay on the floor and they're like really Uh she goes yeah so the moment you change your physical presence Mm -hmm. and lay on the floor it brings both of your guards down Mm. and and they're like oh i love that and so they did like a follow-up like they called in and did a follow-up they're like every time we get in an army we just lay on the floor and it just diffuses it instantly yeah isn't that crazy (laughs) like and that's why because like when they're sitting or standing up like they can't think their emotions are way overwhelming yeah and you're like physical posture like that means so you just lay on the floor it feels ridiculous but you know it it kind of neutralizes the situation and mm-hmm. tosses some water on it. Um, but that kind of reminded me of like, you know, going back to what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly like, so that's where, for instance, with my client, she's like, yeah, I feel ashamed because I'm, you know, telling myself I'm believing I'm not good enough. That's where, you know, as a, like, um, something to help her, because I can't be there for her in the evenings to say, like, this is when you usually tell yourself this, and you're going to feel ashamed, and you want to go for food. This is where you set up your environment, and you change something around your change something with yourself. 
just because that little change for your nervous system, which is which includes your brain, um, is enough to get you to start paying attention or put your perception on something else instead of like, like just being at the whim of that emotion that's mm-hmm. taking over. Um, so that's why going for a walk outside if you have a craving instead of going for a walk around your kitchen, right? <laughs> walk around the island yeah. <laughs> like a shark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you know, petting an animal instead of opening the fridge or Um, just doing something else, it can really help you change how you feel. And when you change how you feel, it'll be easier for you to think about why you want the food. If you're petting your dog or out for a walk outside, instead of being closer to the thing that was triggering you. Yeah. Yeah. So like with that couple, they probably got down on the floor. They weren't looking at each other. Yeah. And then they could think more rationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, You got to listen to the. I will. <laughs> She's not as consistent with ep- like publishing stuff. Oh, and I don't okay. listen to every episode because some of them are like not relevant. But um, the first season especially is just, it's so, it's so powerful. And like, mm-hmm. even if it, like there's like a gay couple, for example, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to that. But I would just listen because I had nothing else to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's some stuff I could learn from this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though I'm not in a, you know, yeah. that kind of relationship. But um it's just, I would just be crying while I'm driving. Aww. I'm like, bah! you know, because you feel it. And it, yeah. there's so much you can learn about your past relationships, your current. I'm like, oh, that's what we're dealing. And that's what mm. I loved about her books was that it defined so much. I could never just put a pin on. Yes. Okay. You what know? do you mean? Like, talk more. Um, <laughs> so, for example, there were relationships that I ended because... There, there, I could name like problems, but there was never, he cheated on me or, you know, or he killed somebody, you know, that's why I ended the relationship. You know, there was never that definitive thing, but mm-hmm. there was just something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't do this or, um, I don't like him when he does that or he's not that blah, blah, blah. Like there's always little tiny puzzle pieces you could pick out about what is wrong in your relationship. And she would define that. Mm. <laughs> and one of the things that she, I biggest thing that I learned from her stuff was uh, why people cheat. Because her second book is, um, oh, it's about cheating and like why people do it. What was it called? Um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember the name of the book. But it was like both sides of the story, you know. Oh, okay. And like men or are more apt to cheat for emotional cheating even though they might like have sex with a person it's more about the connection for the man and for the woman it's more about the sex what yeah that's what it studies not that it's true for everybody but the studies have shown that that this flip the script is flipped a little bit and then she dives into a deep she just goes so deep and she goes, it's not that, oh, the financial problems caused them to cheat or that he was a jerk. It's what causes people to cheat after 30 years or something like that is disengagement. How they're feeling or not feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Disengagement from your partner, yourself, your life, your family, and just that that process of people like, I don't know what happened all these years, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and like that's what she like concluded was like the root cause of, mm-hmm. you know, affairs of any type. <laughs> and I read that. I was like, disengagement. <sighs> what? <Yeah. laughs> and another chapter was about like, in, in the first book, Mating in Captivity, um they she she has a chapter on cheating and stuff like that and 
it, it never her stuff never says like do this or that or this is the way or this oh, is the okay. way yeah. it's just literally what she has learned okay what the studies have shown like very straightforward like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say facts but you know what i mean um and she talks about the threat of the other Oh. In a relationship, right? The threat that you could find another man, right? Or that, you know, Alan could find another lady. And yeah. then, like, I think that people... I've talked about this to people, and they're like, why would you think that? I'm like, because it keeps me accountable in my relationship. But mm-hmm. the fact that he could choose to go and find this other relationship, I'm going to make sure I'm on my shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure yeah. <laughs> that I'm a good person. I am nice. Yeah. I do, you know, I keep up my integrity and in the things that I love and believe in the way that I treat him. Mm-hmm. Right. And do the work in a relationship. Do the fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's the same thing with like, I always think about death. I always think about, you know, oh, will this matter? This argument, will this matter on my deathbed? They're like, Caitlin, mm. that's so morbid. Why would you think that? I'm like, because it makes my life a hell of a lot more peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> you know it what I mean? It's good to feel peaceful instead of yeah. angry or yeah. like. I don't care how the dishwasher's loaded. Yeah. Get them clean. That's yeah. what I care about. You know what yeah. I mean? Sorry, Anna. <laughs> Our last time I made that dishwasher, <laughs> that comment, she's like, she messaged me on Instagram. She's like, I feel personally attacked because I'm exactly like that. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. That's all I love. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but her stuff, I need to reread. It's been a long time since I've read her books. But yeah, it definitely left an impression on you because it's I, like... I'll talk about it till the day I die. Like <laughs> I could keep, I, we could go for another two hours right now talking about that stuff, but. I think relationships should be another topic for sure. Yeah. Lindsay and I kind of uh, touched on it when it was about, um, you know, managing a family, you mm-hmm. know, with your like health and fitness goals um but oh yeah we could really mm-hmm. really dive into that but um once again i got a soft topic well not really no because it's like it's under like the more you understand like a, a situation it's it's like that thing it's so like fear the unknown it stops yeah. being unknown mm-hmm. so there's, there's no more there's less fear i would say you know if people are wondering where do i begin <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like what do i do i see you have the book i'm looking at it right now um, if you like to read, I highly recommend reading <laughs> Daring Greatly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one, that book really changed my life mm-hmm. in my vulnerability journey and learning to pause mm-hmm. and understanding because a lot of her work, when was the last time you read that? Oh, that was probably it's when been I was a while still for me maybe too. like six or seven years ago, maybe. But yeah. that's probably about me too. Maybe a little sooner. But one of the parts that really left the impression on me um because her work was really with her research was for women Mm -hmm. right that she and there was a part where she was talking about a a situation where she was signing books and a guy came up to her and basically was just like well what about men (laughs) and she was kind of like (laughs) i didn't do any research on men and um there was some interaction that they had and then basically what he ended up saying was like you know, he pointed back to his wife and daughter who were somewhere in the room and was like, they would rather watch me like die on my white horse than see me be like weak or something like that. And that just like, I read that I had to close the book because it made me like, I could start crying right now because like, we've all been part of that toxic cycle, Mm. especially toward our men and even to women on women. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry. 
You know what I mean? Uh, we've been all a part of that toxic cycle of like, just fucking suck it up. Yeah. Like, and I definitely, I grew up in that environment, you know, with my dad, who I'm pretty sure is an eight. Mm-hmm. Not a very healthy one. Mm-hmm. But it was just that, you know, Midwestern mentality of like, just do the work, suck it up, doesn't matter, get over it was mm-hmm. the big one. And when I read that passage in that book, I just was like, I know I've done that to like, you know, my relationships where it's just like, I don't care how you're feeling. Get mm-hmm. over it. Take yeah. care of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I matter. Like, I don't care about you. That was, was, was like every chapter there were tears. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I didn't read that book again because, it's heavy. yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can go through this emotionally again. <laughs> yeah, take it. I'm sure it'd be easier for me now. I'm, I should pick it back up again. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. I should pick it back up again now that I'm in like such a different place. Yeah. Right. And see how it hits now. Maybe I could That'd keep myself accountable in a vulnerability way. We should read it together. Yeah. At the same time. Because I don't want to read it alone. Chapter by chapter. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So that's, let's see. Sorry. But that, that would be a great place to start. And not, not, not people are like, I don't need. Like, you know who said that? Casey. Oh. She's like, I don't need. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And now look who reads. <laughs> oh, she's a book fiend. Yeah. She's, she's all just, over it. like. I, like drinking books yeah or you know even pocket like um Brene Brown who's the author of that book has mm. a podcast I haven't listened mm. to it though I want some episodes are long so I haven't listened to them all is but... she consistent with publishing them I think so yeah okay I need to listen to it because I mean that's a good place to start she has oh her she has plenty of TED talks too mm-hmm. and other like talks that she's done so just watch that if you just put it on your tv like there's many ways around this so no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think another um I think I think everyone needs it's not just beginners, but like to really understand how to get out of your own way, I would say is to Yeah. So when you don't feel like doing something that you know you need to do, that's you getting and you follow through on that like you don't plan your meal or you don't go for the workout. You're just going to make the journey longer than it needs to and more painful than it needs to because you're just going to get frustrated. Yeah. So I think a, an important thing for everyone to do and really get better at is learning how to interpret how they're, how they're feeling, how to be accurate with that. So like there was this, um, there, my, one of my favorite books, I, well, I just read it. Every book I read when I finish, I'm like, that's my favorite book. People are going to be like, can you stop talking about books, guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, books. I have, oh, anyway. Yeah. But, um, the, Mark Brackett is a doctor who, um, is the director for the, Yale Center of for Emotional Intelligence. And oh. he talks about um, specifically that pause and how to dissect it so that we can be more, um, more not just, I wouldn't say compassionate, but just more curious about the why behind some of your behavior. And it's always going to be what you're thinking and feeling. And so he, um, Along with what you're saying, like Brene Brown's TED Talks, like they're so informative so you can get more awareness on, you know, why you're feeling the way you do in certain moments and what you can do about it and how to change it. He has this uh, system called the ruler, ruler skills and rulers like how you can actually pause long enough with an emotion when you're in that emotional moment, like deciding to go for the donut or not, you can, if you, you can practice the skill by, of like, it's called ruler because it stands for recognizing how you're feeling, understanding why you're feeling that way, labeling accurately what you're feeling, um, 
expressing or uh, yeah, expressing um, yourself or expressing your emotion either just to yourself or to someone else that you trust Mm -hmm. and then regulating yourself, regulating the emotion. And that's really the internal process. That's really a way of understanding how your nervous system, how you can regulate or basically bring within a tolerable rather than intolerable a feeling. Um, you can bring like an emotion down to an, a tolerable level so that you can actually then proceed whatever the behavior is mm-hmm. that you would need to right. do. So I think those, like, like you said, like Brene Brown, she's just emotions like she speaks the language in a modern way that really helps us apply another like she defines things that were just uh that's wow that's in a sentence something i could never like define yeah yeah and the more um the more your emotional vocabulary is expanded like the richer you're gonna feel in your life like the more fulfilling things are gonna feel because you can describe them accurately you can um understand your journey better you can understand if you're feeling pessimistic or hopeful whenever you have to go work out and that can really help you or whenever you have to like you know you know choose something else to eat because it aligns more with your health goals like there's a difference between feeling i'd say pessimistic and feeling optimistic or feeling uh disengaged or feeling curious like just by labeling accurately how you're feeling it clears things up so yeah. much more. Yeah. And if you don't have that clarity and everything's still nebulous and confusing, you're like, well, I don't know why I'm feeling bad, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to get far. You're certainly just walking not through the soon. garbage dump. Like. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, app that you showed me? Oh. This isn't like another good tool to like help. Yeah. So Mark Brackett, the guy, the director for the director for the Center of Emotional Intelligence at Yale, developed this app called How We Feel. And... It's so helpful because as soon as you open, it's like you check in with yourself. Like if you're feeling so, go mad, back to the beginning. Yeah, it's because it starts out really basic. Yeah. So as soon as you open, it just says, "How are you feeling this evening?" And you click check in. Okay. And there's four options. Yeah, and so it says tap the color that best describes how you feel right now. And there's four colors: yellow, green, blue, and red. The yellow symbolizes high energy, pleasant. Are you feeling that way, or are you feeling low energy? pleasant or are you feeling low energy unpleasant or are you uh. feeling high energy unpleasant right so anger huh. would fall under high energy unpleasant yeah, yeah shame would fall under low energy unpleasant okay so how are you feeling right now oh <laughs> definitely high energy yeah because you're with me <laughs> so like the yellow quadrant and then, yeah so when you click on the just to describe it you click on one of the four options and then it expands to a, a lot more yeah. other things that you click on so when i clicked on i'm feeling high energy and i'm feeling pleasant out popped all these other emotions that such as are you feeling surprised or exhilarated or successful or upbeat or alive or delighted or playful alive. yeah so if we click on alive that's how i'm feeling it describes it for you it says you're filled with energy and vitality and yeah i would say yeah. that definitely describes how i'm feeling more than say if you click if i clicked on um I don't know, calm, which is in the green, but it says calm is defined as feeling free of stress, agitation, and worry. So I'm feeling calm too, but I'm feeling more so alive. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so, number one. And then you just, it takes you through a series of questions. Like you can add a note, which I always encourage because the more you can journal, the better. And it asks you, like, where are you? Are you with someone else? Are you at home? What are you doing? Are you that's talking? That's such a great, and that, 
Honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the perfect human. Anybody could benefit from this, mm-hmm. right? I just gotta remember to do it. <laughs> well, Excuse the me. best, I think the best part, let's see if I hit save. Uh, there's a couple of my clients. You can do it with friends. Oh, fun. Um, it actually, and I think this is the app. If you say you're feeling tension and that's the one you select, it gives you like a two minute video with an exercise to help you through tension. And these videos are legit. Wow. Mm-hmm. I really, I love this app. So I give it to the, I've given it to Does some Lindsay of Does Lindsay know about that? I told you all in Ooh. Boxer. Ooh. When? <laughs> like two weeks ago. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this app is like, that's a great, like, where do I start? I don't like to read. Well, we got an app for that. Well, and the wonderful thing about it is you don't need to use it every single day for every single emotion. Like right. you need to use it, I would say for like two weeks and then you get the handle of pausing um. when you're feeling an emotion. That's gonna like sabotage something. Right. It just gets you in the habit of pausing, and that's that's all you need. You can take it from there. Wow, that sounds pretty easy. Just the two weeks? Maybe I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Alright, guess I don't need it. <laughs> but multiple times a day for two weeks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or especially like in those moments where like, why am I eating my ninth donut? It's funny, I had a donut this morning. That's why <laughs> <laughs> our apartment building was having like a little like Oh, cool. Gathering thing, but I didn't go. I was like, Mark, go get me a donut. Just just obviously one. I'm not a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. One will do it for me, but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to wrap it all up, um, that was really nice. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Like, we could even go into, and we probably have, like, like, the physical, like, the actual like the nervous system and emotions i think that's oh. important because you can like getting real like sciencey with it yeah because um, it's like it's like break it's like breaking food down into macros it's like breaking down emotions I down into like know. their components if you will it's <sighs> for another day <laughs> um well thank you for talking to me about that oh, i hope course. that was i need to remember to put these things in the show notes about the stuff we talked about, like the books. Mm. Um, I will remember to do that. I'm going to remember to do that. <laughs> or just just rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put more work on my shoulders. Uh, anyway, well, thanks again, everybody, for taking a listen in to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to recommend us to your buddies. But um, anyway, you guys have a great day. Bye. Hi, all Thanks for listening to the FFP Alignment Podcast. Please support us by downloading, rating, and recommending us to your friends and family. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Fit Femme Project. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to thefitfemproject.com. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project.com. And click apply now. Until next time, this is the FitFem Project Alignment Podcast.